0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode four now of Talk L&D. We're working our way through these episodes, um, and here's Alex again to join us. Alex, how are you today?
1: Well, thanks. Yeah, well, bright and early this morning.
0: Yes, like a bit bright and early. Mm-hmm. Um, so today we are going to talk about being agile and, and agile as theory. Um, So Alex has actually just recently written an article about Agile and how it's the future of work. So Alex, why don't you start off telling us a bit more about it?
1: Well, yes. So there is an increasing number of organisations now that are using this Agile uh, Agile language and the Agile sort of method. And... um, maybe you now actually more organizations that do use it than don't actually uh, So and sometimes it's quite explicit so you know like we they use terms like scrum masters or scrum coaches and all that sort of stuff and scrum and kanban and all that sort of uh, jargon um, and sometimes it's more a little bit subtler it's just sort of in the way that they work and and heightened awareness to customers and that sort of thing which is i suppose more the mindset of agile and actually that's the important stuff i think um but yeah i i um i've I've been sort of looking into uh, you know looking into the studies that have have been done by people like mckinsey Mm. and corn ferry and that sort of thing about um how the world is shaping up and and what the future looks like and um you know the sort of um that the agile idea looks increasingly relevant to me. You know, when you look at themes that are emerging, um, yeah. So, so that was my sort of uh, that was my rationale for talking about it in the article. Um, and I mean, the essential idea is that you, rather than trying to sort of put together a perfect plan or create something that's absolutely flawless and, you know, absolutely perfect first time out of the box, and that could be, a, you know there's traditional thinking it could be a software program or it could be a product or it could be a service that you do. So it could be a coaching tool, you know, or something like that. It could be anything actually you rather than trying to get it perfect and spend ages on trying to perfect it and then roll it out. Agile is that you get it workable. So you get it so that you think it'll be sort of uh, meets a kind of minimum acceptable standard of, of, of right, rightness. And then you, get it out and test it. And so you go and, you know, work really hard for a little bit of time, a week or a couple of weeks testing the idea out. And that would be a sprint, you know, when you put your head down and you work hard, you test it. And then you stop and pause and um, seek the feedback from the people who've used it or you you measure its effectiveness or its impact you know in a way that's relevant so whatever measurement is relevant to you and what you're doing and that's that's often you know customer feedback or you know again the coaching conversation you go and ask your your clients how how it's working for them and what would they would like to be different you know and then you take that feedback on board and you um you know, you, up, you, you update what, you've, what you're doing. So whatever it is, it's your product or your, your, your model or your, your approach, you revise it in line with the feedback and then you go again and you run it and test it and then stop and pause, get the feedback and upgrade again. So every time you do this, you are doing it with a little bit more information. And the idea is that, you know, with continuous continuous improvement is yeah. that whatever you're doing gets a little bit better every time you run the sprint. And of course, it doesn't always get better. Sometimes you experiment with something that actually takes you backwards a step mm-hmm. and then you well, but then that's all, you know, that's that's the part of the learning journey and you, um, you, you, you change it next time. Um, and it's really fabulous. It's, it's, it's mm-hmm. so logical. It's so logical um but 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 and it's incredibly simple as well which is why i think organizations like it because people just get they just get it and it's like yeah that, of course that makes sense and because it's simple it's easy to communicate and so you can start to weave it into a culture so that everybody starts working this way and um it just seems to work you know uh, but there are subtleties that mm-hmm. you know that really that are worth drilling into so once you kind of get the basics in place then it's it's like having a close look at what are the questions that you're asking your customers, you know, so when you're stopping and asking for feedback, mm. are you just asking for affirmation or are you asking questions that will get real genuine
0: yeah.
1: feedback? Like, you know, there's a big difference between, you know, um, did you find that helpful and did yeah. that help you to tell me how that could be better or tell, yeah. me, tell, me, um, tell me what I should be doing different. You know, so it's
0: like coaching questions to pull mm, out yeah really um resourceful answers isn't it and
1: and it's opening up um the possibility that you're going to be you know you're going to get the bad as well as the good yes. and but that's the important bit so yeah you know you need to be quite resilient to do it Certain so, again so that's where it suddenly suddenly starts to get a bit trickier because mm. you're you know you you're, you're deliberately seeking critical feedback not just nice feedback which is and tough and so it requires a degree of resilience and then you've got to change what you're doing so again you've got to be able to change and adapt which doesn't always sit comfortably with people so so when you actually start to, so the concept is incredibly simple and yeah. robust and really good the realities of actually implementing it there are I think nuances and subtleties mm. that make it quite difficult you know
0: so I mean it sounds great Alex it sounds like it's yeah. sort of constant innovation and constant actually- innovation I think what sounds mm-hmm. great about it is the ability to create constant change in an inorgani- in organizations, mm. which when we look so, at the times yeah. that we live in, times change quite quickly with technology. And, you know, I imagine a lot of organizations during COVID-19, actually an agile way of working would have been very effective in terms of moving through the times because all of a sudden how you once did things might make some people have had to suddenly change it,
1: it, exactly and so when you're in a high change environment it becomes even more relevant because if you just put your head down and plow on without really understanding what's going on around you um you can go a very long way of course there's a really good metaphor for this which is um it was david marquette's new book um and he talks about open water swimmers and this yeah. really i thought this really this is really right for me. Um, it makes sense to me that you know so when you're when you're kind of open water swimming is you do Louisa so you do this <laughs> but, you do this mad stuff n- not yet <laughs> not
0: yet I will be doing it this summer I'll yeah
1: <laughs> but if, if you're doing an event you've got these buoys to follow you know mm. but of course you swim fastest when you put your head down in the water your hips your hips are up and you can sort of that's when you can you know you can swim through the water quickest but when you're open water swimming, you could go, you know, you could go, you could go anywhere, you could go a long way off course. But if you don't have if you're not channeled, yeah. so what you have to do quite regularly is actually slow yourself and sacrifice a bit of speed to put your head up to have a look and make sure you're on the right track, you know, following the boys. Um,
0: it's almost slow down to go faster, isn't yes, it? Yes, it's that yes. whole analogy that, um, some you know, like were you like, um, you know, if you're ever in a rush on those days where you're in a rush and then everything seems to be going wrong, you're knocking stuff over, you're forgetting stuff, it's like what and you're just like, whoa, just take a breath. Mm. Just calm down. And yeah. You get your head in gear. And then once you do that, it's like you'll then become far more effective as opposed to just running around like a headless chicken being like, Oh, I'm mm. late I'm, I'm rushing. Yeah. It's like being rushing with a purpose almost, like knowing, yeah, this is exactly what I need to be doing, this is where I need to be going, and actually if I just calm down a little bit, I'm going to be far more effective than if I'm like running around thinking, you know, like people when you get given a task, you know, if you're like leadership training, people get given a task and people that go rush straight into it without really thinking about it.
1: It's down to luck when you do that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You might be lucky and get it right. Or you might put an awful lot of effort into something that's, is it just hasn't met the brief yeah. you know hasn't hasn't met the brief yeah. there's
0: something quite important about that so just taking that moment to just think and reflect which sometimes mm. i think because life can be quite busy people mm. forget to do that but actually when you do that you kind of get much it's getting really clear isn't it and being really being sure of what, what what are you trying to achieve what what do you want about this rather than just maybe following instruction is going okay well, that's the instruction but how can i really make this as yeah. effective as possible yeah.
1: um
0: that yeah. that you know that one minute because i think sometimes people think it needs to be really you know this whole long drawn out process of reflection it really doesn't no no i love that little cold model we talk about you know um mm. so what happened um so what what now and it's mm. literally mm. you know if everyone does <clears> at the end of every day mm. Of, of their work so what went well what didn't what can i improve that you know and just every day get a little bit better
1: it's these little sort of stop and think touch points mm. you know um which but you, you know but, but but you know that people tend to be thinkers or doers and um yeah. the reality is we need to be both i think you know it's like how you strike that balance between head down hard work cover ground cover the ground and pause evaluate where you are your position the situation what people are saying what's going on around you and then adapt adapt your course and and it's it's that tempo there's a rhythm there that's probably right you know depending on what you do and Mm. um, the nature of how much risk there is of going off course and all that sort of stuff all these sort of factors but somewhere i think there's there's the, the right rhythm between um doing and thinking.
0: Is, so, how do you think people can get better at the whole? If you're more of a doer, mm. more of a thinker, and if you're a thinker, how do you become more of a doer? Oh, that's
1: a, oh tough question, oh, to Ali. Like. Tough one, yeah. <laughs> tough. That's really tough. <laughs> mm, that's really, well. I think. I, I think balance can be part of this, and um, we're not. We can't. We can't as individuals be everything. Uh, so I think. Partnering up with someone who is different to you can be a good way through this. So if you're a real doer, I think it's making sure that you've got a, a thinker, yeah, either, either who you collaborate with or who's in your team who can kind of, um, who, who, who can sort of slow things down and maybe um, and, and maybe do yeah do that do that thinking work. So I think it may be it may be about a little bit about cognitive diversity in teams. But, you know, so that's part of it. I think, that so
0: you picking have, your team wide, your little fingers, scrum, yeah. making sure yeah. you've got a diversity of.
1: But but I, I do think there's a little bit more to it than that, and because this is this is the kind of this is the, the fly in the ointment a little bit is what I've observed is that doers and thinkers can really wind each other up because yeah. the doers look at the thinkers and say we're well, not doing anything you're not contributing you're not you know you're not making any headway you're not winning any contracts you're not doing any work and then the thinkers <laughs> the thinkers go oh you're just running around like headless chickens yeah. and you're not you're not you know you're not looking at where you're going and so um there's this, there can be i think a belief we, we we judge ourselves by our own intentions but we judge other people by their behavior and so i think there can be a belief that what well, what we're doing is right and if other people are doing yeah. something different is wrong and that is um so, so 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 that's difficult so i think that the that the, the cognitive diversity in teams thing is it makes perfect sense theoretically but practically actually i i see it also as being a real touch point for quite a lot of conflict (laughs) but you know just particularly where there's judgment where people judge each other based on on what they do so you know there's there's a lot of deeper stuff that needs to be right i think before it works
0: i guess that's where you need a really effective leader or a facilitator Mm -hmm. in amongst that that understands all these dynamics and understands all these strengths and weaknesses and why it's important to have the balance to 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 pull that out because yeah you know i think having somebody you know i know i, I you know we'll talk about personal we'll, we'll do a session on personal profiling actually um but i know i'm a yellow so if anyone doesn't know yellow is a very um i'm sure you're shocked i'm very extroverted and loud and mm. i'm a doer and i like to be out being sat in an office at a desk all day is not fun for me but i know my attention to detail and my reflection sometimes i need somebody that i know i always need somebody on my team that's like that because that balances me out and mm you know, probably 10 years ago, I probably would have got really annoyed by that person. But now I'm like, they are, you know, if, and I've had, I've worked situations where I've sat next to somebody that is my complete opposite. And we've worked
1: it
0: for the best. So my strengths, their weaknesses, their strengths, my weaknesses. And we, we work together and we, we harness that to.
1: well, I remember when you worked with Rob. And like, Rob, Rob,
0: Rob, let's do a yeah, Rob, Rob
1: you? You, you're very, yellow. Rob, very blue. So blue, so, uh, you know, is sort of um, extroverted, yeah. feeling, proactive. Yeah, creative. Blue. Yeah, creative, introverted, um, thinking. Um,
0: Data, analytical. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, and so, so Rob... Um, was your was your sort of polar opposite wasn't it but actually you had a great relationship with
0: him. oh I loved it. do you know what Rob was my he was oh yeah he was an absolute legend in fact I kind of probably don't think I would have got through that job without yeah. him but it was brilliant because I mean I did used to know that I was quite loud bloke. oh she's so noisy <laughs> um but yeah, it
1: yes. I don't know if we if we had Rob on the call we might get a different story. <laughs> I'm like, You're yeah. yeah.
0: because, You know, and I was you know, and I was always like the one that like if there was too much silence yeah. or too long I'd be like, Rob tell me a story. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, Louisa But yeah. it was great cuz I I struggle with the data or I struggle with the analytics and I learned a lot from Rob actually. I learned a lot from him and he really helped me in that sense. But then equally when he had a situation that was needed to be sociable then I would work with that and I think um well, I, I mean, that's a great example for me. And I think I'll always hold on to that example because it could have gone the complete other way where we just hated each other. But I think we just quite quickly realised that, well, we just got on. And I think also, I think sometimes as the extrovert, I, I and probably just because I've been coaching and stuff, I have that level of awareness. And so it was like, mm. I was aware of that. And I was aware that when to sort of just not be so loud. And, you know, mm. sometimes... Um, let him get on with work and you just kind of know you just kind of know when not to to bother him and when not to but it definitely Mm. worked really well and i think that's why you either need a good leader or facilitator to facilitate that relationship or you need the level of self awareness between those two people
1: yeah it's something a bit deeper isn't it
0: yeah and i think it's you know Mm. and just one thing you can do is just go rather than look at people like a person going Oh, this person's really annoying me why isn't he doing it's kind of sitting there going actually okay well he is different to me what can i learn from this person actually having some empathy being in their shoes and thinking well actually if this person wasn't on the team what wouldn't get done and actually you know it's great as you say going charging on and doing but you can miss things and yeah. you yeah. know like you said if you're looking for an um continuous improvement and actually being able to interact and engage with guests well customers and talk about guests because i've worked in hospitality and and tourism so it kind of yeah um, refer to guests a lot but you know it's understanding them and actually getting that data and equally when you're interacting with people not all all customers are extroverts you've got all range of different type of customers that have different range of needs so having different people that think in different ways is also really important in terms of how you engage with your customer base because for most businesses Mm. you know your businesses have customers and that's how you are successful so being able to really understand your customer needs and putting them at the heart of what you do you know, it's only going to drive that business forward if you really are able to engage in order to understand what they need and want. Um,
1: so, yes. Well, I think, there's, I think it works on, on different levels because I think there's... So there's the customer, which is, so it has got to be central. So it's like Jeff Bezos' empty chair, you know, in yes, like I didn't know that. Yeah. That's so interesting. I no, very interesting, I know. and
0: uh, That's so, it's Ever very present. interesting.
1: Mm.
0: So anyone and that's not yeah. sure what that's about... Jeff Bessos has an empty chair in every meeting to represent the customer. Yeah. So basically the customer is always present in every meeting. Yeah, Which I think it's really interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can never, you never, so it's a bit, the idea there is that you don't rather the decisions that you make have to have a positive, um, impact on the customer. Mm. If the decisions that you make are purely for your own convenience, you know, and have no impact on the customer, you know, then, then that's a sort of, um, that's probably not going to be a good investment of resource. So the customer's got to be front and centre. But then there's also another dimension to this. This, I think, in, in terms of so the leadership question is about so, so just as we, we seek the feedback from customers about you know, the product or the service that we offer, um, the leadership question is that we need to seek the same feedback from the people that we lead and manage, so people who report into us and that sort of thing, so that we need to know the truth about how we're coming mm-hmm. across to them and, and so that we can get that you know get that truth on board and um that can be a tough pill to swallow um <laughs> but but take it on board and then adapt you know so it's like with those more soon so rather than just furiously going forward you, you actually put your head up and look at how you're leading people take that on board mm-hmm. adapt and adapt your approach um and that's different because that's quite different because certainly how i was trained in leadership, you know, in in the uh, 20 20 years ago you know quite traditional organizations you know Mm. and it was there was very very much one model of what 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 good looks like really you know very decisive um the hero leader sort of perspective really that you 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 make a decision and you stick to it and you're unwavering and, and, and that sort of thing and uh and i think that the way i don't think that's no. all hugely relevant in the day-to-day anymore there may be times for it but but not all the time it would be tiresome um but but then you see this is where things get really difficult because then you have to have an environment where you as a leader are humble enough to ask the question but that you have the psychological safety in the team mm-hmm. where people will tell you the truth and without fear of reprimand or um, otherwise it's just a box-ticking exercise you know
0: the humble leader and psychological safety yeah,
1: yeah yeah
0: so in order to be able to work agile, is that mm. the settings that you would need for it to really work
1: yeah I think so yeah I think that's right I think it's that's why I like it so much because it really concentrates the need um, for i think for what we do you know professionally you know in terms of doing teaching um, the, the you know various theories of leadership and Um, working with groups in you know in terms of integrating coaching principles Mm -hmm. and you know coaching questions in leadership you know is a big thing and and really relevant and but but you need that all to be in place for agile to work so so agile is all about well it's not so it's is partly about structure so i think that the thinking doing rhythm is a bit of a structural thing that you that's how work is organized but to make it to make it meaningful in any way, I think there's a cultural point, which is, yeah, it's about psychological safety. So people will tell you the truth yeah. um, and humility so that you can actually take it on board and not just get mortally offended. So that if you're getting it wrong, it doesn't just give you it all, you know, because, you know, it's, it's, critical feedback can be hard to take um, mm. and it's hard not to throw your teddy out the pram and become a bit, you know, victim mindset, I think. Uh, so you have to be, yeah. you have to be resilient and humble mm-hmm. so that you can actually take the feedback on board and look at it and evaluate it and then really benefit from it, you know. Uh,
0: so. Yeah, there's um, a few things there. I mean, I guess as well with agile, you know, it, it's kind of the idea of continuous improvement mm, and yeah. not working for perfection. Which obviously, again, you know, you've got to be quite open to that. And, well, you and
1: might get there eventually, of course.
0: But it's a journey. You accept it's a journey. And actually, the fact that it's not perfect doesn't stop mm. you from taking action. Because sometimes people can get very like, oh, it's not perfect enough yet. It's not perfect enough
1: yet. Can't, can't mm. do not Can't, it. can't. Yeah. Yes, that's right. And all that happens then is you just get old. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah and then yeah. so you know it sounds like really you've got to have a really great culture and you know, when we yeah. talk about psychological safety like Alex said it, it's a place where people can feel they can be honest without there being sort of serious repercussions on them and that there's an environment of trust and people can be and and they talk about Brené Brown i mentioned on a previous podcast mm. she does all the research on shame and vulnerability and she talks about um, that vulnerability is a birthplace mm. of creativity yes where you have creativity people have to be able to be vulnerable um for them because that's where you know the ideas and, and joy and things like that are come into play yeah. um which is really fundamental so if you've got a situation a, a culture where people don't feel safe and they don't feel they could be honest and they don't feel they can trust their teammates you you know you might have innovation but it probably won't be very safe place for people that's where you can get people criticizing each other and it's kind of like everyone's trying to cover their backs and actually for for an environment of constant improvement you need to be giving feedback and it needs to be seen as it's okay to have feedback because that's how we're constantly going to improve and everyone be on board with that Um, and if you want to, th- it was at, um, Google, didn't they, did the Aristotle project, which mm, looked mm. at psychological safety. Yeah, that really. was a
1: big factor, a key factor mm. in the, te- the teams that worked was that there was that culture where people could speak openly. Mm.
0: Yeah. Um, so that's really kind of important. In,
1: in Vul- Vulnerability is a good one, good yeah. word, I think. Yeah. And because, so again, the agile thing, it's that, you know, businesses need to be vulnerable, enough to ask for and accept feedback from the customers
0: and their teams both, both
1: yeah yeah but then leaders need to be vulnerable enough to work through that same process with their team so it's sort of two level thing really yeah
0: mm. so what kind of mindset do you think could help so really we're all talk, probably talking growth mindset like we talked about yeah very that, much that so. growth yeah. mindset for your leaders and then for your for your teams um and i also think we're talking about agile in in work but it sounds like in people's outside of work this could be quite a useful tool if someone's like you know someone's trying to get into running a marathon someone's getting Mm. swimming someone's trying to start a new project this whole idea of just it's almost like just get started do Mm. some you know do some do some activity then take a moment to stop reflect what's worked what's not and go again
1: that that rules for life isn't it yeah yeah Yeah.
0: because sometimes people put you know sometimes we want to do something but people procrastinate being like i'm not ready I'm not perfect enough, I don't know mm. enough. And actually, yes. like you said, if you're always thinking like that, mm. you're going to get old before you've done anything. And yes. actually, it's about saying, well, actually, it's just about getting started. And you're not going to be, it's not, you know, um, people aren't always going to have it right the first time. No. That's, that's how we, you know, we learn by doing, learn by trying and, re- and then taking time you do. to reflect.
1: You, you do introduce an element of risk being perfect, uh, I suppose. And so maybe that's why... People don't necessarily feel comfortable. They want it to be as as, as perfect as it can possibly be first. Yeah. Because if it isn't, there is degree of there's the risk of failure, I suppose. Uh, but then,
0: doesn't it? Yeah,
1: and lots of things, lots of ideas do fail. You know, lots of ideas don't don't work out. But but I suppose you know. But my feeling on that growth mindset would be well, you know, at least at least we learn something. At least yeah. by getting out, try trying out something, You know, it might work. Um, it might not. But but we've learned something valuable. So there's yes. still something of real value here, but you see the alternative of, of sort of, uh, you know, trying to write the perfect book or, um, you know, come up with a perfect business model or the perfect business plan that just stays in, the, in a drawer or in your hard drive, that you're not learning anything there, you know, nothing's happening and and that's when all that happens is you get old you know and then then and then you're old and that's 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 a problem <laughs> <laughs> yeah. because you haven't you haven't you haven't tried things out and, and i think that's probably where regret comes from perhaps uh, is these you know these unrealized ideas mm. you know they're just they're, they're all potential no reality and so 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 i think having confidence to to, to 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 get things out at an earlier stage in their imperfect form and improve them iteratively, which is the agile concept, yes. means that you'll probably be much more productive. You're going to try lot, lots more things, yeah. and you're going to learn learn a lot more. It's it's a learning also, process.
0: Yeah, and also with the agile, if you're getting feedback as you're going along, it's going to the end product will be far better anyway because you're actually getting the relevant feedback that you need That's as opposed it, yeah. to just. Being in your own head and your own thoughts and ideas—it's great. An organisation coming up with this, oh, I've got this new product, but actually, the customers might not even be interested in it. So, what's the point in it if you're putting something out there that you know? It's a guess. It's a guess,
1: isn't it? It's—it's so so. uh, Yeah. So so you see, actually, I know. So so maybe it carries a bit of risk to 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 try things out part way. But then, but then you see, if if a customer doesn't like it, then you've wasted a few weeks, Mm -hmm. which is okay. But if you've spent months or years developing this perfect thing and then you Mm. introduce it to the world and the customer doesn't like it you've wasted years you know that's that's risk that's risky you know so
0: I also wonder if by doing that process it actually builds a better relationship with your customers as well if you're you're trying stuff trying it out take feedback and it's like well actually we take that feedback on we're changing it you know, I think there's an element there that that will build trust with it. will with feel yeah, so seen right. and heard by you listening to their feedback.
1: And, and that you really value their feedback. Mm. I, I think that, yes, yes. So I, I wonder about that, you know, whether customers actually want to be part of that journey, because your, your customers do become test pilots a little bit, certainly in the early stages mm. of this. And you maybe need to choose the right customers. Uh, Bit, you, you, know, need the, your, the, you
0: need the um, earlier adopters, don't you? People that, early, yes, are, yeah, yes, the people that right. are kind of mm. like like having the brand new thing and don't you know yeah. know that it's going to get tweaked. That's,
1: that's yes. probably where you want, accept um, it for its accept it for its imperfections, you know. Yeah. But then give you the honest, give you the honest yeah. truth, yeah, you know? rather than just uh, just take the box. It's like you, know, you want that you know that that more uh, insightful feedback, you know. That, yeah. That, yeah that's yeah but and then and then of course yeah you've got to then be willing and able to take it on board don't 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 let it batter your ego into into submission or get defensive or get defensive defensive. yeah yeah and then close it down closes it down and makes the whole exercise pointless yeah
0: Yeah. so you mentioned you mentioned about scrum and scrum master earlier in terms Mm. of agile what 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 does that what does that mean alex well that's the
1: coat that's a coach so scrum master is a coach really so good so uh it's a bit jargony. I'm not yeah. sure. I'm totally on board with the jargon. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> so let's break down the jargon right now. Yeah. So the Scrum Master is,
1: is Scrum Master is like a team coach, and that's the person who facilitates the team, makes sure that people are working on tasks which are the right tasks for them, um, and also and also is a person who kind of. Facilitates and probably holds the team to the rhythm. It's of of the thinking and doing. So the scrum master kind of facilitates the thinking time. They might roll up their sleeves and get stuck into the doing, but they will also um, be the person who's sort of um, instrumental for pausing things, um, facilitating the thinking time. They call it, you know, in agile terminology, it's like having a stand up where people. You know, a regular touch points stand up, and just talk about what they're going on, what's going on that day, and they share it with the team, so everybody can kind of have a look at what everyone else is doing. So, so those sort of pauses, you know, even just for sort of ten minutes here and there, um, are, are instrumental because that's the, the ability to sort of re- evaluate whether you're on on track and going in the right direction. Um, so, so it's from us as a coach who facilitates the thinking time, and um, and yeah, just just keeps that team delivering, keeps it on point. Um, you know, just, just as coaches do, I think probably it's kind of, probably on the more sort of um, task process side Mm -hmm. of coaching, perhaps a little bit more than the more kind of holistic personal development side of coaching. But I think that's, it's all very relevant. It's all Mm. very relevant. Yeah.
0: It's almost like the person that pulls, pulls all the the tasks together and keeps it on track if you like.
1: Yeah. That's right. So, so they don't set the direction. They're not the boss. You know, the, the 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 boss is the product owner who says, right, this is what you have to achieve. This is yeah. the this is the intent. This is what you have to achieve. The scrum master will be perhaps a bit more about. So, this is how we're going to do it mm-hmm. as a team, um, and make sure that we we do it. We keep keeping it all on track, and and that's by using these principles of. Um, uh, of, of, of clear communication you know encouraging innovation from everybody um but also keeping everybody held to account as well so that there are you know actually if what we've done in that sprint in that piece of work um hasn't moved things mm-hmm. forward so the feedback is that it's a bit worse than it was it's the person who will also say right well, we're going to come back a step and change what yeah. we're doing so very performance focused coaching
0: yes no i like it I like it. it's quite it's actually quite a simple a concept when you when you when you break it down like you say there can be a lot of jargon i think particularly yeah, around agile i've seen quite a lot of jargon around it um, and yeah, so i think, think so it's great me. for people because mm. i think i feel like we've broken some of that jargon jargon down so thinking about agile then so do you think agile is really going to be where the, the style that organizations would take on more the way of working going forward
1: i suspect so yeah i uh I think that that responsiveness to customers. So when I wrote that little article, mm-hmm. what what I think has happened is that the companies that really really embrace it. So again, Amazon are an example. You know, they're completely focused on that customer feedback, always are always seeking it, using it, responding to it. You know, very very attuned into it. Right, you know, right in the core of the culture. That that has raised an expectation for organisations to you know if you are a customer and you know you're going to use an organization there's an expectation that they will be very focused mm. on what is it is that you want and how they can deliver that as well as and as well and as efficiently and as effectively as they can so i think it's, it's heightened our awareness as customers and it's heightened our expectations about what organizations do and so then when you get an organization that isn't agile that isn't customer focused and says well that's that's a, there's a problem with this but you know it's not our, it's not our problem you have to sort it out for yourself you <laughs> think you can
0: really be like that in this world uh,
1: it's you? it grates a lot more than it would have done pre-agile so so before this 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 sort of um, this revolution really in the last 15 years or so you know i think because of our expectations of what good customer focus looks like i think that where you get organizations that don't have it and aren't good at it it's a bit grating it's more it's we, we notice it more um more acutely and it's more of a problem and i suspect there'll be a divide that will open up between the organizations which which have you know that kind of the customer is essentially universe, and we're going to complete all a customer mm. patient um guest yeah. you know it, whoever it is that kind of basically is your reason for existing as an organization you know you, i think um the organizations that genuinely listen to them you know ask the right questions and genuinely listen and take take on board what they say will accelerate rapidly away from the organizations that that don't really care have more of a take it or leave it approach and yeah. make decisions perhaps maybe more for their own convenience than for the uh, you know for, for, for their you know their customer or, or you know the the, the individuals who, who are actually the reason that that organisation exists. Make you know make you know that the, 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 the organisation exists for. Um, so yes, I, I think um, we've already started to see this this yeah, divide, definitely. and that's why you know that's why Amazon are now you know the, the most the successful organisation on the planet. Yeah, yeah, terms. they're a
0: beast of an organisation. And I think um, interestingly, I think I was reading something yesterday about. You know, I mean, there's been loads of talk about the high street and high street, which going out of business, which I find really sad because, you the know, high street is still, you know, it's part of sort of the the face-to-face element. But the companies, you know, and I think so many companies will have had to gone agile during this time if they haven't been Mm. online. They've all of a sudden Mm. had to try and figure out going online. You know, so many restaurants started doing takeaway and deliveries that didn't do takeaways and deliveries because, I mean, there's a need from them to keep their business running. But actually, there was a need there that customers wanted it. Customers wanted to be able to still, you know, I mean, I know I sat at home cooking every day. I'm sick of it. I'm like, I don't want to cook every day. But that ability to just go, okay, so we've been thrown this like completely, you know, COVID, this pandemic. How how do we adapt in this situation? You can see the businesses that have adapted and actually moved with it because they're the ones that are still still in business and still doing well. And I think, um, I think our life, you know, our everyday life, it does move at quite a pace these days, and I think things change a lot. and what customers wanted twenty years ago is probably not what customers want anymore. And and and
1: that's that's the problem with it all. the do it just do it just focusing on doing is that we won't necessarily be tuned into that.
0: Yeah.
1: And so and so yeah, I think things move forwards. And if you're not looking around and you're not tuned into what's going on around you, then you can work really hard and make you know not not necessarily get anything wrong, but work really hard. But but you find you you've drifted off course. And that's yes. I think that's. That's the risk of not engaging with concepts like agile. Uh, you know, um, the, the risk of not being um, vulnerable. You know, and having humility the humility to ask whether you're getting it right. Yeah. Is that and I think you you become irrelevant. Yeah,
0: it's, it's that thing of being like actually just because something worked before doesn't mean it's going to work now, and um, no. getting yeah. you know an element of dare I say it getting out of your ego. <laughs> of like well i yeah. know that this is to be right
1: yes i and just actually, know it's right <laughs> and actually saying, yeah yeah
0: let's listen mm-hmm. to the feedback let's look at the you know because and also every generation has a different different theme to it and you know i think with technology technology evolved so quickly you know like i imagine you know 20 years ago if you told me i'd have a, have a phone which had my whole life on it hmm. like these you would be like whatever yeah. um, mm-hmm. and now you know literally yeah. our phones hold our lives on it and so I think it's that thing of being, like you say, yeah. humble and just being aware. And, and actually, you know, if you are working in an agile way, it's not just helpful for the organization, it's actually for your own development, because you're mm. embracing that constantly learning and growing. So it's that thing of, your, you know, when you talk about being in flow, what I see the flow is, is the, you know, the product or whatever is, is, is ever evolving, listening to the customer needs. But actually in that process, you'll be evolving as well, because mm. I think there's something quite nice about that when you see it you know but you will very much need that growth you know if you want yeah. to know what growth mindset is listen to the last episode but yes yes and it's quite nice actually agile flows on after this because you need that yeah. growth mindset of being changed right. and open it, to learning and growing in order for agile to wear it
1: is it's quite it is holistic isn't it because you mm. you don't mindset isn't just what you do at work it's no. you know it a philosophy it's a deeper philosophy than that you know and it's uh, yeah it's it's that being tuned into what people are saying to you and you know being prepared to listen you know all that sort of stuff is it, it enriches every aspect of your life i think it, you know i think it i think it's a key i think a great principles for building a business but also i suspect they're also principles for leading a better life as well
0: 100 so, yeah. percent. i think um, and that's quite a nice sort of point i think to mm. summarize this but we have talked about agile this episode which is talking about um just getting started with a, you know, whether it's a product, whether it's an activity, knowing that it's not the finished project, but you go ahead and then you, you know, you maybe roll with it for a couple of weeks and you take a bit of time to reflect. Okay. What's worked, what's not? How do we do it better? Let's take that to the next to the next level. And basically it's keeping on evolving. I think what's beautiful about this idea of agile is you just get started. So often we can get caught up and it needs to be perfect. It needs to be this finished thing. And actually with agile, it's just about, right, we've got this idea. Let's just go with it. Um, and central to that development in agile is feedback. Whether it's from your team, whether it's from customers, whatever it's, you know, if you're on a weight loss journey, how much weight, whatever that feedback, that marker is to um for success for you, that's your feedback that you're you're looking for. Um, you know, and, and and being humble, you know, being open to feedback and not not seeing that as a criticism, seeing that as actually that's really fundamental to the development of the product, development of the business, development of you. Um, and you know, I think in this ever-changing time, I think this idea of agile is really sort of quite underpinning to innovation um for organizations and actually like we said you know whatever we talk about in this podcast it's not just for working life as alex said you know they're kind of mindsets for life and so i think Agile's great you know and i definitely think that this is something that organizations if you've not picked it up need to be picking up but actually for your for your personal life if you've got a goal or you've got a little business idea that you know a side hustle you want to set up and um, agile is a great way to get started because we can you know human beings we don't we don't want to, you know, we, failure is scary, but actually we need to get over that and fail, see failure as part of the process. It's part of the journey. Um, and so I think that's kind of the nice little summary of Agile mm. today. Is there anything you want to add to that summary, Ali? Uh
1: All I'd say is I, I love the expression of side hustle.
0: Side hustle, no. yeah. We I think need, more more,
1: <laughs> need a few more of those. <laughs> yeah, we interesting
0: to how, see well, how many side hustles come out of lockdown, actually. Yeah that's right yeah um so alex thank you so much for bringing agile to to the podcast today it's been brilliant and really relevant for these times um and thank you everyone for listening and um tune in next time for more more learning and development
1: personal and professional thank you very much louisa thank you Bye. bye